On this episode of The Popcorn Diet, we talk about the end of the award season and make our final picks for the upcoming Oscar nominees. Get your popcorn ready. Welcome all you good movie buddies to The Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie, theater, popcorn, and other movie snacks. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and joining us as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn. David, how you doing today? Doing fantastic. Yeah? Planning on seeing 1917 tonight? Oh, man. I I still am on the fence on if I'm going to do it tonight or tomorrow or take pops to it. I'm not sure. I know what puts you on the fence. What? The fact that I'm seeing it tonight. It's just gnawing at you. It really is, number one. You've already been wanting to see it and been pissed off that you can't. I hate that you see it. And then someone else going and seeing it before you, now that it's readily available in theaters, I just, is just it's, gnawing It's at gnawing you. at me. You're right. It is. And and the, the late night showing that you're going to is just, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm tired. I'm old man now. I can't. I, understand. I can't do what we used to do anymore. It's tough. I understand. Um, but I am very excited to see it this weekend. As a matter of fact, we uh, took a couple of extra days for this podcast uh, to specifically release it on Friday for the weekend because Monday is when the Oscar nominations come out. So depending on when you're listening to this. Um, the Oscar nominations either are <laughs> they are in close close proximity or they are already here, and so that is what we are going to talk about. We're going to talk about the the Academy Awards. We're going to talk about our predictions and things like that. But let's talk about the Golden Globes first. Obviously, the Golden Globes happened last Sunday. We've had a few days to. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of ruminate on it, marinate on it a little bit. And um, I'm curious, David, did you have any opinions about the Golden Globes at all? Did you, any surprises for you? Anything that really stuck out in the grand scheme of things? For me, not really in terms of the big stuff. I think there's only one that was a little surprising to me, which was um, Best Actor. For uh, Comedy Musical? Yes, for that going to uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah, that's um, a good just, point. It wasn't necessarily on my radar. I mean, not that I think it was a bad performance. Sure. But it wasn't on my radar. Now, that being said, you know, you had Eddie Murphy and Leonardo DiCaprio. I didn't really think it was going to go to Daniel Craig or Roman Griffin Davis, even no. though I loved both of them in those movies. Of course. I thought it was probably going to Leo, and I thought if there was, you know, someone that pulled the upset, quote unquote, on Leo, it would be Eddie Murphy. Sure, but Egerton, Egerton would have been third in my expectations if you if you wanted me to rank those five. I would agree. Probability, he would I, have been third. I would agree. Um, because I think anytime you do a biopic and sing, apparently everybody's a sucker for Play it. Play a real person and sing. Look yeah. at look at literally the two. Just ask Renee Zellweger. Exactly. So um, from that standpoint, maybe it shouldn't be a surprise to me. Right. But I, you know, I thought it was Leo or or 
were Eddie's for sure. I didn't really think there was a close third place. No, looking at the list. No, I agree. And and the thing is, is like it, it's also funny in that I feel like last award season almost painted us into a corner because I am on record several times of thinking the Rami Malek Best Actor run is one of the most regrettable runs I think that I've ever seen. Like in hindsight, and and we'll talk about hindsight, obviously in the upcoming uh, weeks here, but in hindsight, that was such a bad pick. And now that Taron Edgerton's doing the same thing but better, yeah. how how can you not? Well, and I think too, I think the other thing that it wasn't necessarily surprising, but when we first got the nominations and we talked on this podcast about it, mm-hmm. um, that I didn't really notice or observe. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but just how the drama category for actress was a whole lot more loaded, I would say. Oh yeah. Than the actress on the comedy, comedy. side. Like I was, I love seeing Aquafina win. Right. Um, someone that no one's going to immediately go to as far as like when you think of actresses sure. out there right now, like lots of people love Aquafina, but I don't Rising think a lot of people star. think of her as like, Oh, Oscar, <laughs> you right. know, or like best actress possibility, mm-hmm. Aquafina. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the others in that category, uh, like Kate Blanchett, you're used to seeing, but not um, for where'd you go Bernadette, which it, where'd you go Bernadette? I don't know. No one saw you in your movie. Beanie Feldstein. I mean, people love great, People love Booksmart, and it's got a lot of kind of, I'm not going to say cult following, but it's not a movie tons of people saw, but lots right. of people that saw it think strongly of Very it. Very passionate fan base. Um, Anna de Armas, again, I think Knives Out is getting a lot of love and respect, which it deserves, mm-hmm. but it's hard to win in an ensemble cast, exactly. like a big ensemble cast. And she's the most subtle of them. She's amazing, Yeah, but the most subtle of the... Of the ensemble, maybe. Yep. And then Emma Thompson in Late Night. Honestly, I don't hear anybody talk about Late Night. Another another movie that not a lot of people saw, but a lot of people consider to be one of the better comedies of the year if you saw it. Yeah. So for me, going into the night, actress in a musical or comedy was right. a giant coin flip for me. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. If, I, if, if there was a category I wouldn't have bet money on, it would have been that <laughs> one. And other than the TV ones, because I never know what's going to happen in those. Right. For me, obviously, there's the tiny stuff like there's the stuff like Missing Link winning Best Animated, which is the craziest thing ever because Missing Link isn't even good. Like, like uh, from that studio, Leica, who did uh, they did Paranorman, they did Kubo and the Two Strings. Like Missing Link isn't even on that level, and it won. Or um, Hilder, and I'm just gonna say Hilder. And she's the composer for Joker. That was a pleasant surprise, but it also made a lot of sense because that score for Joker is so deeply ingrained to the movie that it, it makes sense. Like that that movie is as much about Joaquin Phoenix's performance as but the score is like right below it. That's the two things that make that movie, in my opinion. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like that's not terribly surprising. I'll tell you, what was surprising was 1917's win for Best Director and Best Drama. I want to say it was surprising, but I'm surprised that it won. When it was released, when it did critic screenings and media screenings, and even the last couple of weeks when it's been in Los Angeles and New York only, it has gotten rave reviews. It's been 
uh, heralded as a technical marvel, as a, uh, a masterpiece of filmmaking. Sam Mendes apparently crushes it out of the park. Roger Deakins crushes it out of the park and things of that nature. And so that's one of the reasons I know that you and I are so hyped to see it. But to see it take such a leap up in terms of momentum, I would have argued that basically it was a three-person race for Best Picture up until the Golden Globes. And it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was uh, Marriage Story, and it was The Irishman, I would say, were the top three, in my opinion. Parasite being like the little, okay, it's coming up from the bottom here. But now I think it's a legit five-horse race. I think Parasite's still in the conversation. But 1917 really bumped itself up with that. Now, David, the the Golden Globes don't really matter. They don't. It's literally less than 100 crazy foreign Hollywood foreign press members. Less than 100, dude. Less than 100 people have managed to put this, this, this spell over the entertainment industry to make people think that the Golden Globes matter, but they don't. They really don't. The Hollywood foreign press has zero crossover with Academy members. So despite the fact that you can look at those things as momentum builders and shifters, this year is a little bit different because this year we have a little bit more of an abbreviated schedule. And I wanted to get your opinion about this as well before we talk about the Guild nominations and before we get into our final predictions here. This year, everything has been bumped up 15 days for the Oscars, okay? For the most part, all of the other guilds and the Golden Globes and things like that, they are still what they were doing. But the Oscars have bumped up their timetable by 15 days. Mm -hmm. That's 15 days difference between last year and this year when the nominations were due to be voted on and when the Oscars are actually due to be voted on. So that's two weeks, one day worth of campaigning, worth of momentum, worth of screenings that do not exist anymore. And my question to you is, do you think that matters? Like, obviously to us, I'll be the first to admit, like, obviously our holiday season has been very busy. We haven't been able to really bang out the Oscar uh, uh, primers like we would have liked to. And in those two weeks were when we got a lot done. We don't have those anymore. But beyond our own impact, I... What do you think about that? Do you think that it makes it better or worse? Do you think it makes it more interesting? Do you think it makes it more easy to predict? What do you think about having 15 less days for the guessing and all of that? Well, I think first and foremost with your first question about do the Globes matter. Right. I think I think the, one of the things about the Globes is back when – and, and we still have this problem, but back when it was even worse of our diversity issues on who picks the Academy Awards. Right. I think one could argue that the people that are on the Hollywood foreign press were a whole lot more like minded with the lack of diversity on those that pick the Oscars. In that they fell in line with that or in that they went against it? I think there was a lot of, there was some similarities there that would make you believe they might. Now I know history tells us that they still didn't correlate all the time very well. Um, But I think that's where one could maybe assume that they would have anything to do with it. I think also it's one of those things where it's like 
just having good press has got to help in some way. Sure. And so winning the Globes isn't going to hurt you. If no. anything, it'll help you. Oh, look, it won a Golden um, Globe. You should consider it for an Oscar. Exactly. And so I think getting to just kind of our abbreviated timeline and, and the effect that it has, I think, I think it leads for... I, there's less discussion on it because sure. in the past we always had what felt like too much time from when we got nominations, from when the other awards were for people to just like go mad with <laughs> predictions and Maybe getting upset it. and overthinking. And like, I think it just got like everybody would write a piece about why something had the inside track and right. you could do that much more research into what history says, like, you know, we did it a little bit last year of films that win this, win this, win this mm -hmm. are much more likely to win or sure. ones that don't win this, right. but win this right. end up, you know, like there's all this extra if time. Get, if you get a Producers Guild nomination, a Writers Guild nomination, a Directors Guild nomination, exactly. odds are you're getting an Oscar nomination. Exactly. And so there was all this extra time to go into this you know, prognosticating and that, and, and we still haven't gotten to that point. I feel like the majority of that starts right after the Oscar nominations. Sure. Um, and we're going to have all the things that we normally have after that, just instead of like a month before mm -hmm. we get the payoff and find out who wins, we're only going to have a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, when it comes to the actual rolling out of the awards and whatnot, you like, you know, the director's guild, those awards go out the 25th. The Producers Guild, those come out the 18th. So literally, the nominations for the Oscars come out the 13th. Five days later, the Producers Guild of America awards come out. And like that, it's just, again, it's more abbreviated. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the final Oscar voting uh, closes February 4th. Yeah. So and, it's super abbreviated. And here would be my thing in regards to has this made it too easy or is it too easy now? I think it's more of a product of the year itself. Um, in previous years, I feel like there was a longer stretch of time that we were getting movies that were in the Oscar conversation. Like there always seemed to be one that came out in the summer or late summer mm -hmm. that was like a surprise dark horse or even in February with like Black Panther and Get Out, Get Mad out, Max, yep. things like that. There was always there's been these surprise ones in the beginning and it's not that this has been a bad year for movies. It's just been quite the opposite. I think it's, it's been a great year, but I think whereas in previous years, there's been a wider range of movies that really get that buzz of yeah. Oscar worthy Yeah. this year. I think there's a wider range of movies getting praise of being great movies, but a smaller range of movies getting yeah, feeling that Oscar buzz. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, I think of the movies that have even gotten the momentum necessary. And again, this could be this could turn into being a year like um, Crash, where oh, it's God. like again, wow. Everybody looks at that as a disaster year, but I think the the thing about that year is it felt like there was only you know, a couple of names and, sure. and it felt like there was a clear front runner sure. in Brokeback Mountain in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then crash happened. But then crash happened. <laughs> and uh, I think that's a good point. But I think this year, you know, we've kind of been narrowed in on what seems to be the movies. I right. mean, we've looked at Parasite, Irishman, Once Upon a Time, uh, Marriage Story. Right. You know, Two Popes, Joker. Like. There just hasn't been. There's just not a lot that spun up. Like right. Bombshell for the fact that it's still it's it's. Still looking like it could get some acting nominations, but, but that's really that's about it. it. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Looks like maybe it's going to get acting nominations, if that. Maybe a writing. Maybe a writing. Right. I, and I'm talking about like the top awards, sure, like the of first course. six sure. awards. Um, you know, you look Little at like women. a... Little Women. Just no, no. You know, women. lots of people really love that. And I think it it definitely could sneak into the nine or ten that get sure. nominated. Um, I, but it's coming, it's coming up from behind. Yeah. It's not, it's not like it came out and it instantly is like, this is an Oscar movie. Like right. it feels like it's been gradually picking up steams. You, and so, and that's where, it, and, and again, I don't think, you know, when did Irishman come out? It came out September Irishman. Yeah. No, we Let's saw it in it. theater. Anyways, while you're looking up that, but again, I think there just hasn't been as many, Films like there's been a lot of movies that we see and we immediately say that was a great movie, but we also don't say that's definitely going to get a nod for Oscars. Right. Um, it just says November first. I was going to so say I'm pretty I sure it was November. <laughs> I don't. I think it, I think you're right. I think it was November first, and then it came out like Thanksgiving. Netflix. Netflix. It came out on Netflix. Well, I think you also brought up a really interesting point about the movies that are were released earlier and whatnot. Is that we we have less movies of there have been the last couple of years where there have been movies that are culturally important that are steeped in genre film. You mentioned a couple of them. Get Out had a lot of conversation about it and it allowed for us to finally nominate a horror movie for best picture. Black Panther, cultural impact, allowed us to finally nominate a superhero movie for best picture. Even movies like Crazy Rich Asians were in the conversation because it was A, culturally significant and B, good enough, like an, an excellent version, like the best version of a rom-com. Like the absolute best version of a rom-com. Rom-com, right? And we're just not getting that a lot this year. So let's take that, David, and let's look at the kind of field as it exists right now. I want to take a look at the BAFTAs because it's the British Academy Awards, and the BAFTAs this year are very white. Um, and then I want to take a look at the four guilds because the guilds are important, Okay, but let's look at the BAFTAs first and foremost. The British Academy Awards, okay? The British Academy Awards don't have the same 10, almost, or up to 10 field that the Oscars do. They nominated 1917, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. That's about par for the course. The Joker had a really strong showing at the BAFTAs. The Brits apparently loved Joker. The director, same thing. I think... Top four directors are locked in. I think you're getting Bong Joon-ho. I think you're getting Sam Mendes. I think you're getting Scorsese and Tarantino. It's just the fifth one. Who is that fifth one going to go to? And the Baptist gave it to Phillips. Um, same thing, actor in a leading role. Everything pretty much fell in line. We know DiCaprio is going to get a nom. We know Adam Driver is going to get one. We know Joaquin Phoenix is going to get one. I'm almost confident to say that I'm uh, that Taron Edgerton is going to get one. But those last two are a little flimsy. 
And they gave it to the fifth one to Jonathan Price. Best actress feels like there's not much else going on. Like it's going to be ScarJo. It's going to be Renee Zellweger. Sir Ronan's probably getting in. Charlize has gained a lot of momentum recently. And then a fifth one. Who could it go to? Could it go to Aquafina? Could it go to Jesse Buckley for Wild Rose like the Baptist gave it? I don't know. Supporting actor feels again locked in. It's Brad Pitt. It's Joe Pesci. It's Tom Hanks. It's Al Pacino. And then maybe Anthony Hopkins. Like it feels like most of these categories are filled in. And then supporting actress. Supporting actress is maybe one of the more wide open ones. But you have Laura Dern for Marriage Story. You have Florence Pugh for uh, Little Women. BAFTA's inexplicably nominated ScarJo twice and Margot Robbie twice. ScarJo ScarJo for Jojo Rabbit, which is she's phenomenal in. But you couldn't have nominated Lupita somewhere. You know, we couldn't have done that. And then nominated Margot Robbie twice here for Bombshell and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So there were some issues with the <laughs> with the BAFTA nominees. But again, what's the crossover? The crossover is not terribly uh, deep. And so what I wanted to do, David, is the the explain to the listeners. And again, we do this every year. But the way that the Oscar voting works and the creation of the nominees, the way that it works is that each individual category is voted on and the nominees are selected by the people in that category. So all of the n- nominees for best visual effects, they are selected by visual effects people. All of the nominees for actress, all of the acting awards are selected by actors. The director nominees are selected by directors. The the picture nominees are selected by producers. And then everybody votes on the winner. So then it's, okay, everybody votes for best actor. Everybody votes for best picture. And that is why, David, I think the guilds are going to have a closer crossover than before. Because this timeline has moved up. All right. So let's start with the uh, actually we don't even need to talk about the writing guild since we don't talk about the the writing nominees in in our predictions. However, I will mention that the writers guild is probably going to be the most skewed because the writers guild of America does not have Quentin Tarantino as a member. QT is not a writers guild member, so he cannot be nominated. So once upon a time in Hollywood, not nominated for WGA, uh, WGA award. But let's look at the actors here for a second. And we have for the SAG Awards, uh, who do we have for the supporting roles? Female actors. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. ScarJo. ScarJo. Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman for Bombshell. Jennifer Lopez, Hustlers. Hustlers. Margot Robbie for, for Bombshell. For Bombshell. Like, I think, I honestly think that ScarJo probably won't get in the Oscars, and I don't think Nicole Kidman will get in for the Oscars. But I think the other three will. Like, maybe, I don't know, because, again, this is the acting guild. Uh, what about supporting actor? We got Jamie, Jamie Fox. Jamie Foxx, Tom Hanks, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, Brad Pitt. Wouldn't shock me if those were the nominees. Actress, we got Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. This gives me hope, because Lupita got in for us, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Charlize for Bombshell, Renee Zellweger for Judy. I'm hoping that that carries over. And then Actor. Actor has the top three, Leo, Adam Driver, Joaquin, 
Taron Egerton made it in, and then Christian Bale made it in. I think Christian Bale is the weakest link there, in my opinion. But again... I wouldn't have said that before the Golden Globes. <laughs> a fair point. And the other thing we don't really talk about here because we don't have a actual like hand in it or, or an actual view in it is we don't know what the campaigns are. All I know by listening to other podcasts and reading other articles is that Taron Egerton is campaigning his ass off. Yeah. He's at all the parties. He's at all the screenings. He's glad handing. He is campaigning. Well, I would imagine Elton John is also campaigning. Elton John also he was, campaigning. He was he was pretty pumped at the Golden Globes he was when super uh, <laughs> pumped, absolutely. So that's again, that's something to consider that we don't necessarily have that, um, you know, deep of an understanding of. For the Directors Guild, fortunately, there's less to read here. But again, here's here's this one actually had another interesting fifth one. Bong Joon Ho, Parasite. I think he's in. Lock it in. Sam Mendes, 1917. I think he's in. Lock it in. Scorsese, Irishman, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then, uh-oh, who, who showed back up? Who's got momentum again? It's our boy. It's Taika. Taika. Taika's back. And that's really interesting because if the Directors Guild nominated Taika, and that came out on Tuesday, mm-hmm. that is the same day Academy voting Four nominees closed. Yep. So it's reasonable to think that Taika might get into the Oscars. Yeah. But could it be Todd Phillips? Could it be Greta Gerwig? Could enough people have seen the BAFTAs and been like, oh, crap, I don't want to nominate a bunch of dudes or white people and get Greta in? Maybe. We'll see. We'll find out on Monday. And then lastly, the last guild before we get into our, nomina- our nomination picks is the Producers Guild. And the Producers Guild is all about Best Picture because that is who the award for Best Picture is given to, Producers Guild. So the Producers Guild gave us some that I actually really love. We get 1917, Ford v. Ferrari, Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Knives Out, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And that's the 10 nominees for the Producers Guild of America, which it's reasonable to think that those are now the 10 frontrunners to get in for Best Picture. Will all 10 get in? It's highly unlikely. It hasn't happened since the Academy switched their stupid-ass Best Picture rule to up to 10. But it's possible. So with all of that being said, with all of the, the guilds out, with the Golden Globes out, with all of that... We want to crank through our final picks, and they're not going to be – I can't say that they're going to be very interesting. I think they're going to be pretty white bread <laughs> and pretty much in line with what all of these other ones are. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick little break. What's up, good movie buddies? Before we give our final Oscar nominee predictions, I want to remind everybody that you can get regular episodes of The Popcorn Diet delivered to you for free just by hitting the subscribe button or following us wherever you're listening from. So take a second, hit that button, hit subscribe, follow us, share The Popcorn Diet with your fellow good movie buddies. Also, don't forget that you can check us out on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and consider becoming a patron of the podcast. Support the creators that you like. If you're a listener, if you like what we do, throw a couple bucks our way. Not only is it going to help us continue doing the podcast and improve upon it, but it's going to give you early episode access as well as patron-only access to other additional episodes like our franchise refills and like our perfect popcorn and much more. So check it out on patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet. 
Of course, don't forget that you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Popcorn Diet. And last but certainly not least, you can find our latest regular episodes, articles, reviews, and these final Oscar predictions on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com. But David, let's go through it, man. Let's go through our lists. I will have you start, as usual, with Supporting Actress. And we will go through who our picks are currently and if we are swapping anybody out. So, David, what do you got? Best Supporting Actress. So, last, last time I had Annette Benning, I had Jennifer Lopez, I had Shuzen Zhao. Sure. Laura Dern and Kathy Bates. Okay. I am going to adjust that ever so slightly. Okay. Out is Kathy Bates. Interesting. Now, I will mention Kathy Bates did just win the National Board of Review for Supporting Actress as well. So take that as you will. That's fine. I'm She's removing still out. Kathy Bates. She's out. Who else is out? Anybody else out? Zhao is out from Farewell. Zhao out? All right. Yep. Zhao is out. And Annette Benning. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. We're, we're just changing it all up here. Wow. Yeah. Let's take them all out. Let's, man, just going at it with a weed whacker. Yep. Okay. All right. So and, uh, we've got Laura Dern, J-Lo. Yep. I'm going Margot Robbie. Okay. For which uh, movie? For Bombshell. Okay. I am going Florence Pugh. Okay. For Little Women. Okay. And I'm bringing back ScarJo for JoJo. Interesting. You think it could happen? I think it could happen. You know, it could happen. You, you know, you never know with with that. She could I think she's definitely getting a nomination for Marriage Story. Like I don't even think that's a question. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes what is, you know, what is is it enough? Is is ScarJo's year to give her two nominations? I don't know. For me, I had Laura Dern, Marriage Story, She's Staying. Florence Pugh for Little Women, She's Staying. I am, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I said I had Margot Robbie down, but I didn't pick the movie. Or, or Correct. I, I wasn't sure. I'm putting her in for Bombshell, locking right. her in for Bombshell. Good. I have Annette Benning for The Report, and I have Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers. And I'm not going to touch it. All I'm right. going to leave it as such. I think Annette Benning might be the weak link out of all mm -hmm. of those. So if she doesn't make it, it wouldn't shock me. Also, remember last year um, we had – I can't remember her name. I apologize. <laughs> but we had – this was there was some wackiness here with this category. We had the supporting actress from Roma nominated. So there could be an out-of-left-field nominee like that, but I am locking it in there. Um yeah, I, and just to finalize mine, I don't think I said the two that are staying. I had Jennifer Lopez and Laura and Dern, Laura Dern staying. Yep. For me, for supporting actor, I'm not changing anything. Again, I feel fairly confident with these nominees. Anything could happen, but I have Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have Al Pacino for The Irishman, Joe Pesci for The Irishman. I have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. And I have Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. I think Al Pacino is stronger than both you and I think. Um, and I just think Anthony Hopkins is Anthony Hopkins. He's Hollywood royalty. So sure. I, I like could Defoe get in? Maybe. Um, but that's my five. I'm locking it in. 
what were your five Best Supporting Actor nominees, and are you making any changes? I am making change. Okay. I had Pitt, Hanks, Defoe, Hopkins, and Pesci. Okay. I'm going to take out Defoe. Taking out Defoe. Unfortunately. Sorry and I'm for, going sorry for Defoe. And I am going to put Pacino in there. I do think Pacino, uh, it looks like he's going to be there. It does look like he's going to be um, there. The, the two from one movie isn't going to affect it. And then this one I'm borderline on. Okay. And I just want to have some variety. I don't want to be the same as you. Okay. So I'm getting rid of Anthony Hopkins. Okay. I think if... One, we're not hearing a lot of two popes noise. Not a ton. And the ones that we are, we're getting for lead actor, which we'll get to here in a second. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give some more love to Parasite. Ooh, okay. I'm going with Song Kang Hao. Yeah. Song Kang Hao. I apologize if I, I butchered the name. That's it's my right. best attempt. It's all right. Um, I like that pick a lot. Uh I think that there's uh I do like that pick. And I like the idea of us mixing it up. I think, uh, do our supporting actresses match? Not quite, but close. Close. Um, so, yeah, mix it up. Sure, why not? I mean, again, I think, for for better or for worse, I think most of these major nominees are, are really safe and comfortable. And we're not here to pick what we wish would be nominated. We're here to I, well, make and I think we're also in the situation now too, where we're picking who's someone that gets in and nominated right. in that fifth spot, which but is, doesn't have a shot at winning. Yeah, it's a cra- um, it's a crapshoot. You know, I think we could probably make it a list of three, and that's really what at most each category is right. now. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. So from supporting actor to best actress, David. Who did you have for Best Actress? All right. So last time I had Renee Zellweger, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan, Little Women, Aquafina, Farewell, and Luipita for Us. Mm-hmm. And one of these has to go. Okay. Because I'm feeling like Charlize is getting some momentum for for Bombshell. It's a very good point. So who's got to go? As much as I want it to be someone not Lupita, uh-huh. I feel like it's Lupita. Um, you might be right. So unfortunately, I'm going to knock Lupita out. Lupita's out and Charlize is in. I do it with much disdain. I, I am so... I honestly don't know what I'm going to do here um, because I have – so your final five, again, just to clarify. Mm-hmm. Renee Zellweger, ScarJo, Saoirse Ronan, Aquafina. I'm also glad, not for nothing, I'm glad Saoirse Ronan has become popular enough that we have said her name enough that I know now how to pronounce Saoirse, the spelling of that. Even though that spelling is it's crazy? absolutely Irish nonsense, which I can say because I'm Irish. But Aquafina and Charlize Theron, that's your five. Those are my five. Okay. <sighs> this one's really tough for me as well because I have Renee Zellweger, who I think is a lock. I have Scarlett Johansson, who I think is a lock. I have Saoirse Ronan, who I think is a lock. I have I have five people who I think are locks, but I'm also not like Harriet. I have a hard time with Harriet because Cynthia Revo gives an amazing performance. And she's got nominated for anything, uh, for everything thus far. But, like, what are we doing? 
Like, are, uh, she, she doesn't have a chance. That's the only film's nomination. Maybe. Maybe a song, but there's not going to be a lot for that movie. Same thing with The Farewell. Now, The Farewell could get some writing nominations. It could get uh, Aquafina, obviously. It's a dark horse for Best Picture. And she just won the Globe as well. What I am going to do, I'm going to do some interesting things here, David. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take out Aquafina, and I am going to take out Cynthia Erivo. All right. Interesting. And, and I am not sure if I'm going to uh, duplicate you here. No, I'm not. Because You're just making this up as you go. I am replacing. No, I thought about this, but I didn't want to put it on the outline. <laughs> like I have thought about this. Okay, <laughs> shut up. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to replace Cynthia Rivo with Lupita, and I'm going to replace Aquafina with Charlize. And I believe that that doesn't quite. No, match. I took out Lupita and I put in uh, Charlize. Charlize. So that's what I'm going with. I think that that's a strong list. So, so the only one I have on that you do not is Aquafina. Is Aquafina, and Correct. the only one you have on that I do not is Lupita. Lupita. So I got Renee, Scarjo, Lupita, Sersha, and Charlize. I love how you can like say a single name for all of them, and it's like all pretty right, much. I know who we're yeah. talking about. Uh, best actor. Okay. Uh, now this one I actually did already make. A couple of adjustments with David. Okay. And this is the one, the one category that I'm going personal. I like it. Okay. About I'm time. going Dark Horse. I had Leo. I All had right. Adam Driver. I had Joaquin. Mm-hmm. I had Antonio Banderas. And I had Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. I think De Niro's out. Okay. I just think full-blown, oddly enough, the fact that he carries that entire movie, I think De Niro's out. I also think Antonio's out. However, he could be on the cusp. So I took out Antonio. I took out De Niro. I put back in Egerton because I think the other three guys are locks. I don't think it's a question. Mm-hmm. I so agree. I put Ter- Taron Egerton in. And then the last one. What was the last one going to be? Did I want to do Bale? Did I want to do Eddie Murphy? Did I want to do someone like that? No. I'm putting my money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And I am going Adam Sandler for Uncut Jazz. I like it. I would be so jacked if Adam Sandler got the nominee nomination mm-hmm. for Uncut mm-hmm. Gems. He's phenomenal in the movie. He's absolutely amazing. So amazing that he's brought me all the way back from being off Sandler, off the bandwagon. I'm back on. I like it. Maybe not for his Happy Madison movies. All right. Um, you like mean it's straight to Netflix movies? If he doesn't get a nominee, he has sworn to make the worst movie ever. I can't say I'm going to be lining up to watch that one. But, but you kind of will be. I kind of will be interested. So that's my five. Leo, Adam Driver, Joaquin, Taron Egerton, and Adam Sandler for Best Actor. Who do you got? Or who did you, who did you got? I got Leo, Joaquin, Adam, Antonio, and Eddie. Okay. Also five names that I think I can just say the first names and everybody knows who that's, I'm talking that's about. That's pretty good, yeah. Uh, I am going to make one change. All not right. the one that I initially was thinking of doing. Uh, but I'm going to go again. I like to I like to play with my heart a little bit here. Okay. So I'm going to remove Antonio Banderas from okay. Pain and Glory. And I I feel like this could be just fooling us, but I'm going to give him some love because of his work campaigning for himself. Okay. And I'm going to go Taron Egerton. Okay. For Rocket Man. Again, 
he's probably the one I'm funny enough, even though Eddie Murphy isn't getting a whole lot of love right now for mm-hmm. Dolomite. Um, and you could say that I should have removed him instead of Banderas. Sure. If I just feel like this is, uh, if, if rocket man's going to sneak in there, I feel like you got to leave Eddie Murphy in there, but that's just my opinion. I would love it. I would love Eddie. That's the other thing I want to say before we get to director and picture, there hasn't been anything and none of these like top movies or even any of the movies when we get to best picture, none of them would aggressively bother me if they won like green book last year. I'm fine with what we're kind of all deciding on. I love all of these movies, so I don't know. Um, but I love all of these actors and performances, so I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, what do you got for best director? For best director, yes. let's see. I had previously Tarantino, Scorsese, Gerwig, Mendez, and Bong Joon-ho. Yep. And I'm staying with hold, that list. Just a hold on that yep. one. I originally had Scorsese, Bong Joon-ho, Tarantino, Mendes, uh, and Todd Phillips. Actually, I had Todd Phillips and Greta Gerwig as my last slot. I'm putting Greta Gerwig in there. I'm going with what I was betting earlier. I'm, I'm, I think that the it's very possible, and maybe I'm a little too hopeful, but it's very possible that the Academy voters – saw what happened with the BAFTAs, saw what happened with the DGA, and were like, oh, crap. Like, this will look bad if we don't actually practice a little bit of friggin' inclusion. And I think that might be enough to get Greta over the hump. However, she is the clearly the, 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 the fifth, right? She's the one playing musical chairs without a chair. And that could go to anybody. It could go to Todd Phillips. In, in, like, the darkest timeline, I think it would go to Todd Phillips. It could go to Taika. It could go to Greta. It could it could go to uh, Noah Baumbach from it could go to Marriage Noah Story. Baumbach. It, co- it could go to Pedro Almodovar for Pain and Glory. The Academy freaking loves that guy. That fifth spot's open to anybody. I'm also not saying we might not get a surprise and get one of these other four nominees knocked out. Look at Ben Affleck. The Ben Affleck and Argo situation. Slightly different group of nominees here, but... Ben Affleck won all of the director's things and then didn't even get a director's nomination. Yeah. So I don't I, know. I think the, there's two that I think are completely locked. They're not moving. Okay. Which is Tarantino and Scorsese. Interesting. I, I just don't see any world where they're not in there. Right. Um, both for two reasons. Actually, for a bunch of reasons. But the, the main three reasons, I would say, one, the quality of the work. Obviously, it's been well-reviewed, yep. well-received. There's yep. not really a whole lot of digs on either of them. Sure. Two, they're both legendary directors yep. that have turned in have, like those. have made it appear, even though Tarantino's not in the age category that Scorsese is. Right. But, I mean, Irishman is basically about getting old and coming to your we've, end. We've talked about how both of those movies were kind of like culminations. Exactly. Yeah. So they're culminations. And they're both movies that generally Hollywood loves. Sure. And so I just don't see any kind of world. Like, if I had to bet all my money on two of the five nominations, uh-huh. those would be the two I picked. So what's funny is that I would actually pick Tarantino and Bong Joon-ho. I actually think Scorsese and Sam Mendes. Mendes more than Scorsese. 
are there's potential for weakness there. Because Scorsese, he's been on the road saying, like, this is the time for the new generation. I don't think Scorsese would give a shit if he didn't get nominated. Like, he's been saying on the road this entire time, like, this is it's time for the new generation of filmmakers. So it would almost be poetic if he didn't get a nomination. I'm not saying he won't. I think I think you've lost your mind. <laughs> um, next next would be Banju Ho. He's sure. almost completely a lock in sure. my mind. Then I would put Mendez, um, and then I would put Gerwig. But fifth spot. Um, I I think the sixth place, as it is now, is Taika over Todd Phillips. But okay. You never know. You never know. Uh, that takes us to Best Picture. And and much like our Best Director nominees are matching, David, our Best Picture nominees are very close to matching. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not make any changes to my Best Picture nominees. Uh, and I also think that they match the, <laughs> unfortunately, I think they match the Producers Guild nominees. Mm-hmm. So I have The Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Joker, Ford v. Ferrari, 1917, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Parasite, and Knives Out. I have 10 nominees there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a safety net and say that if I had to pick three, don't roll your eyes at me. If I had to pick three that weren't going to get in to the best picture race, Mm -hmm. it would be Little Women, it would be Ford v. Ferrari, and it would be Knives Out. But that uh, number one, I love that Knives Out's getting... The momentum. I'm super into that shit. Put that into my veins. Mm-hmm. More. I mean, it's not going to win, but just the nomination for a movie like Knives Out is excellent. What if Ryan Johnson got a director nomination? That'd be wild. Um, anyway, that's my um, producers. Or, for uh, for me, I only have one change. Okay. Who did you have? You I had, had Irishman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Joker, Ford v. Ferrari, 1917, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, Parasite, those are what we had all the same. Yep. Um, I am removing two popes. Two popes, which could sneak in. I think one of the things working against the two popes, besides the fact that there's not a lot of conversation around it, uh-huh. is that I don't see them putting three Netflix movies in. Great point. It's another Netflix movie. Like, I don't think they can in good conscience keep Irishman or Marriage Story out because most people are talking about both of them potentially being right. the actual winners right. of the reward. Right. So I don't think you can do that. But I think for one that you know is on the cusp. On the cusp. Uh-huh. I think it's easier to knock that out. It's and a say nice like, little movie. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, but I will put in because I always use my ten. Yep. I do. will put in Knives Out. All right. And so that solidifies and if, it. And if if you want me to be like you and say who is the first one out of my nominations, uh-huh. I think it unfortunately is Knives Out. Um, I can see that. I think Little Women is more secure. Ford v. Ferrari. I think Ford v. Ferrari would get knocked out before Little Women would get knocked out because of the diversity play there. Of course. Um, but... I think the other seven are about as locked as they can be. Yeah, it'll be really interesting come Monday morning um, to see how many nominees actually get in um, and how that all turns out. I still am not a fan of the way they do the nominees or the winning, but 
I'm not a part of the Academy, so it doesn't Just listen matter. to our last two years of podcasts. Listen to our last two years of podcasts. I think I've done a pretty damn good job this year, David, of not harping on it too much. But I'm not sure. And that's it, man. That is our Oscar nominee projections. Our Oscar nominees come out Monday morning early, which I still don't know why they don't do a like a I don't know why they don't do primetime. People would watch it on primetime. Instead, they're doing it at 530 a.m. Pacific time or some nonsense like that. But we will be there. We will be covering it on our Twitter. And so we will definitely be rolling out the nominees as they are announced. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram at the Popcorn Diet. Don't forget, you can get free episodes of The Popcorn Diet just by hitting subscribe, following us wherever you're listening from. Check out patreon.com slash thepopcorndiet and support the creators of the content that you listen to and that you love. Uh, Throw a couple dollars in the direction of a podcast you love, of a video series you love. If they have a Patreon, check it out. Uh, Last but certainly not least, check us out on our website, popcorndietpodcast.com for all of our latest regular episodes articles, predictions, and more. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson, and we'll see you next time in a world where we have our Oscar nominees on a popcorn diet. Adios.